the journey. God has amazing things planned for us. Don't be content. Don't get stuck. Let's chase down all he has for us. Let's walk out every step he calls us to take. Let's together grow in our faith, even when it hurts. <laughs> First try of trying kombucha. This is a really good idea. Bridge Youth, how are we feeling tonight? Come on. Hey, if you got a Bible, turn to Hebrews 11 and Mark 9. If you can't turn to both at the same time, just go to Mark 9. Hey, I want to say welcome. If anybody doesn't know me, my name is Corey, alongside my beautiful bride who was just on stage, Amber, and my not assistant, JJ, who is grabbing his notebook right now, because he's going to take notes in church. Come on, somebody, give it up for JJ Rodriguez. Hey, uh, we get to lead this crazy thing called Bridge Youth. It is the highlight of our week. It is the joy of our life. We love it so, so, so much. Hey, if you're watching online, I want to say welcome to you as well. You heard it earlier. I'm going to say it again. This never gets old to us. We like welcoming our guests by saying we are here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. Hey, you do not have to believe to belong here. Maybe other places, other churches you've been, but if you're in the room, you are family to us. So we're continuing in our series entitled Growing pains. Hey, if you have not been a part of one of the Bible studies that have been going on throughout the series, get a part of one. Really quick, if you are leading a Bible study at all, would you just raise your hand? If you're leading one of our Growing Pains Bible study right now, raise your hand. If there's someone around you raising their hand, go talk to them after service. It's not too late. And uh, me, JJ, we were just planning, talking about this. We are almost positive we are going to roll our Bible study content over into our next series, um, which I didn't plan to announce right now, but I'm going to. Next month, we're going to start off a series, brand new series entitled Giants. We're going to talk about the giants that we face in life. We're going to dig into so many different things in this series, and, and we'll be excited to uh, have you guys in Bible studies and talking about that. But also this Sunday, someone say this Sunday. This Sunday, we'll be in this room doing what we call Let's Chat. So we're going to be talking about the message from tonight. So if you have some thoughts, some things you want to include in the conversation this Sunday, maybe questions you have, um, write them down in your journal. Send them to us in our DMs on uh, our Instagram app, BridgeYTH underscore, and we'll include that in the conversation. So week uh, one of this series, I preached a message entitled The Starting Line. Week two, I preach a message um, on discipleship called Walk the Line. Who was here last week and heard JJ speak? He spoke a great message on identity, and he entitled that message The Fault Line. Tonight, I want to preach a message to you entitled Draw the Line. If you're taking notes, write that down. Draw the Line. Our big idea for tonight, our big concept, our focus is faith. Everybody say faith. Um. Charles Spurgeon, if you don't know who he is, uh, not, not Charles Sturgeon, <laughs> JJ talked about a fish called a, and I didn't say anything about it, JJ, that was the thing, is Sunday you were like, oh, you know, Charles Spurgeon, not to be mistaken with the fish, Spurgeon, and I was like, yeah, totally, and then some kid came up to us that was manlier than the two of us put together, he's like, hey, just so you guys know, he's like 12 years old, <laughs> say, hey, just so you guys know, he's wearing a Bass Pro Shop hat, say, hey, just so you know, the fish is called a Sturgeon, not a Spurgeon. I was like, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Of course. 
Charles Spurgeon, if you don't know who he is, just Google Charles Spurgeon quotes and get ready to be encouraged, inspired, and convicted. He said this about faith. He said, man, this is incredible. Faith goes up the stairs that love has built, and it looks out the windows which hope has opened. Charles Spurgeon also said this about faith. He said, a little faith, muy poquito, white people, that means a little, a little faith, it will bring your soul to heaven. A great faith will bring heaven to your soul. Now, this concept of faith has been one that's been talked about for thousands and thousands of years, and, and we're going to dig into it tonight, and probably we're going to dig into it um, at a little bit different of an angle than what maybe some of you have heard before. And so if you're taking notes, God loves you more, so do I. Um, if you're not taking notes, I pray you suffer from a lifelong impalement of ingrown toenails. I don't know what to tell you. I pray you get a bad haircut, just one. Like, not taking notes in church doesn't deserve a lifelong bad haircut, but one bad haircut. If you're not taking notes in church, uh, if you're watching online and you're not taking, you have no excuse, online watchers. You have notebooks all around you right now. If you're not taking notes, I pray one bad haircut over your life, just one. It could be now. It could be the night before prom. It could be, ladies, it could be the night before your wedding. Don't blame me. Take notes in church. Here's your sermon in a sentence for you note takers that I love so, so much. Here it is. A little, someone say a little. A little faith brings big breakthrough. Breakthrough brings a little more faith. I'm going to say that again. A little faith brings big breakthrough. Breakthrough brings a little more faith. This is how I see that. You have just a little faith. And then you apply that faith, and you see this huge breakthrough. And what happens when you see God come through? Man, you get just a little, more, little bit more faith because you saw God come through. And so having that little bit more faith, you're like, well, I'm going to have a little bit more faith and believe for an even bigger breakthrough. And then God comes through again, and then what happens when that breakthrough happens? You get a little bit more faith, and then you rinse, lather, and repeat. And over and over and over again, you grow in your faith. A little faith brings a big breakthrough, and breakthrough brings a little more faith. Would you stand with me um, as we read a couple verses? We love standing for the reading of God's word, honoring God's word. Also, anytime you come to Bridge Youth, it is leg day. So, <laughs> someone who's never worked out once in their life was like, I did not sign up for this. So you're looking at your friend who brought you like, what's up with this, man? Hey, if you have not played nine square, please see us outside after service. We're going to play some nine square after service. I, I forgot how fun nine square is. Andrew, I forgot. You came from Arizona to remind me how fun nine square is. Um, a couple verses, and then we're going to jump over to Mark chapter nine. But first, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. This is going to be our running definition for faith. You might wonder, as I said, tonight we're talking about faith. You might be like, what is faith? What are you talking about? What's faith? What's the definition? Here's our definition for faith. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. See, this is why I call this message, Draw the Line. Because once in a while in life, there will be a line that you have to walk. Like week two, you will have to walk this line. But sometimes you won't be able to see the line. So in faith, you'll have to draw the line. The writer in Hebrews goes on in verse number six to say this. And it is impossible. Someone say impossible. It is impossible. <laughs> What was, the, what was the beeper tone? I, don't, I feel like none of you were anywhere close. <laughs> like, there were 70 different, it's like, what was the beeper tone? Someone was like, do, 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 do. Someone over here was like, bum, 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 bum. It's like, all, that's John Cena, first off. <laughs> and it is impossible to please God 
without faith. Whoa, whoa, did you just hear that? It is impossible to please God without faith. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to be pleasing to God. I'm not so concerned about people's opinions of my life. I'm not so concerned about what people will say at my funeral. I'm not so concerned about what it, was that it? Was that it? Can you replay that in the mic? Come on, (laughs) for the love of God, please. What if that's the first thing you hear when you get to heaven? (laughs) And God's like, hey, I also liked Kim Possible. (laughs) It's crazy, right, that that the writer of Hebrews says it is impossible. Someone say impossible. impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to be pleasing to God. I'm not so concerned about people's opinions about me. I'm not so concerned about making sure that everybody around me is happy-go-lucky. Not if my God in heaven is not pleased with my life. I want my heavenly Father to be pleased with my life. Amen? All right, jump over to the gospel according to Mark. We're going to be in the ninth chapter, and we are actually going to read a pretty wild, pretty cool story in Mark 9. And we're going to go from Mark 9, verse 17, all the way to verse 29. I know you're going to be standing for a long time. Get used to it. Don't lock your knees. You will faint. Just kidding. We'll be sitting down before you know it. Here's what it says. Verse number 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you can heal him. He is possessed by an evil, evil spirit. You thought you had a bad day. <laughs> He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Some of you guys are like, can that same spirit please possess my younger brother? Because he won't stop talking either. <laughs> So it won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. He foams at the mouth and uh, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Awkward. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jeez, Jesus, calm down. So they brought, they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent uh, convulsion, and he fell to the ground. I don't even know what that word is. Writhing, 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 and it just doesn't sound good, right? And foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus, what does that matter? You see, like, I'm picturing the kid, like, very awkwardly on the floor, like, having a seizure, and Jesus like, huh, how long has this been going on? It's like, Jesus, get to it, man. Like, come on says, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into a fire or into water trying to kill him. You thought your older brothers were bad. Have mercy on us. Listen to this. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. I love the way Jesus responds right here. What do you mean? He quoted Justin Bieber. He said, what do you mean if I can? I feel like there was such tone in Jesus' voice right there. What do you mean If I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. I love this. This is so important. Please, please pay attention to this line. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers is growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion, and he left him. The boy appeared. Somebody say appeared. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. 
but Jesus. He, I love that that's back to back. JJ talked about this a little bit last week. He said, he's dead, but Jesus. Man, some people have some situations, some circumstances going on in your life right now, and that situation and that circumstance looks like it's nothing but death. Well, the follow-up line is this, but Jesus. And it says, but Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Woo-wee, that must have been awkward for the crowd that went, he did. And then he's like, he's standing. <laughs> And let's see what happens next. Afterwards, Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples. And they asked, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. And another version makes sure to include the word fasting. It says, this kind can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Really long, very spiritual prayer. God, speak to us tonight. Thank you that my wife's super hot. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab a seat. Got to thank him. Got to thank him for his blessings, y'all. You got it. You ever see someone doing something really stupid and you just think to yourself, they don't know what they're doing? <laughs> Come on, you ever see someone you ever see someone doing something real stupid and you're just automatically like, they got no idea what they're doing. Um, so year one that I was on the camp team, and by the way, summer camp is happening, y'all. Like, COVID's the high is not going to stop it. It's in the books. The date is set, and you will be getting the date very, very, very soon. But I digress. Uh, I was the, it was year one that I was a part of the summer camp team helping to design summer camp. And what I was uh, in charge of was designing rec. Designing, who, man, who misses rec at summer camp? Who, buddy, we turn, it is insane, you guys. The most competitive three days of your life, man. And so I was designing rec. And, and year one of me designing rec, me and my friend, we decided let's uh, bring back an old game called Mojave Can Jam. Does anybody know this game? Basically, you have a bunch of people, uh, we did little ropes. They had to hold on to little ropes, and there's a trash can in the middle. And the goal is to kind of pull the opposite team into the trash can. If you touch the trash can or if you let go of the rope, you're out. If you touch the trash can or let go of the rope, you're out. It dwindled down to maybe about 10 or so people, nine varsity, nay, D1 athletes, all football players, and one little, like, maybe sophomore in high school girl who was like five foot nothing and weighed 80 pounds soaking wet. But this girl was probably a ninja because what was happening is these guys are trying to like get her to run into the trash can and she's seriously like, shwoop, like around it. She's like jumping over it. I was so impressed. I'm like, this girl needs to win Mojave Can Jam. And if she doesn't, the, it's rigged. The system, I'm in charge. I designed this, but I'm going to just say it's rigged, okay? And then... And the guys got her to where they pull her, and she goes, whoop. She dodges it. It gets to here, and then they pull her backwards like this, whoop. And as she's going, she trips, and she goes as falling. She puts her arm out, and her arm breaks like a twig in the middle of her forearm. Snap. It happened right there. I was sitting, like, right here. I'm, like, up at Pinecrest in the chapel. I was like, <gasps> and my first thought, it's so selfish. My first thought was, I'm going to get fired from the camp team. <laughs> I'm so selfish. And, and here's, the, here's the craziest part. This, the situation went from bad to worse. Immediately from across the room, her boyfriend, who was out in like round one, he comes running across the room, babe, babe, no, and he grabs her, and then he picks up her broken limp arm, and it's like, he's like, babe, oh, babe, oh, my gosh. I'm like, dude, 
move. And I like push him out of the way. I call my friend, um, my friend's wife, who was a, a paramedic, was right there. I was like, please come help. And I turned to this guy. I'm like, what are you doing? And he looks at me and goes, I don't know. <laughs> Look out your neighbor say, I don't know. If you're taking notes, write this down. That is our first point for tonight. I don't know. What I want to do is I want to dig into three sets of characters in this uh, text in Mark 9 and see how they responded to this moment of crazy faith. And first I want to look at the dad, the dad. Let's look at uh, verse number 22 to 24. He says to Jesus, have mercy on us and help us if you can. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. Then the father said this. He said, I do believe Help me overcome my unbelief. So I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I love this guy. I love this guy. Because he comes to Jesus and he says, oh, I don't don't know. I don't know if you are who you say you are. I don't know if you can do what everybody seems to say that you can do. I don't know if I believe in miracles. I'm not sure. I have belief and unbelief. But Jesus, even though I have this level of, I don't know, I also have this. Maybe? Like, maybe? Anybody ever have a maybe moment? Like, anybody, like your friend asks you, hey, your friend who always expects you to pay for dinner is like, want to go to dinner? And you're like, maybe? Like, I need to check my bank account first? Maybe? This guy's like, uh, I don't know, but maybe. And I have this little bit of belief, but I also have this unbelief. So Jesus, would you do this in the midst of my faith and doubt, my belief and unbelief? You see how well I'm like navigating the microphone right there? Goodness gracious, I'm impressing myself. Babe, am I looking hot or what? Come on, I know I am, at least to you. Uh, he's like, belief, unbelief, faith, doubt. So Jesus, can you do this? Can you just help me with my unbelief so I can stand on my belief? Can you just help me with my doubt so that I can stand on my faith? See, some of you, some of you thought that faith was complete 100% absence of any form of doubt whatsoever. So then, and and I'm just going to say this, it's later on in my notes, but man, it's it's so applicable right now. I'm just going to let this bake your theological noodle. (laughs) I was going to say, stick that in your theological pipe and smoke it. But we are not about that around here. Come on, somebody. All the leaders said amen. Uh, faith isn't even possible if there's not a level of doubt. You don't need faith for facts. I'll just let that sit right there for a moment. Because what's happened is some of you thought that faith means 100% like absolute positive, no form of any doubt whatsoever. That's what you thought faith was. So because of some cranky old religious people, you have heard talk, you've been like, I guess I'm faithless. I guess I don't got no faith because I have a little bit of doubt. Because some cranky old Christian with bad coffee breath came up to you and said, you can't doubt God because if you do, then you're just stop breathing on me for the love of God. I have faith that you'll stop breathing on me in Jesus' name. And so you've been convinced that if you have any doubt, that if you struggle in any way, that you have no faith. God sent me here today to tell you that just because you struggle, it doesn't mean you don't got faith. Hear me tonight, Bridge Youth. Just because you have anxiety doesn't mean you don't got faith. Just because you struggle with panic attacks, that doesn't mean you don't got faith. 
Don't let the world lie to you and say, oh, that's a spirit of fear. And where there's a spirit of fear, there cannot be no faith. Like, no, this guy comes and says, I got unbelief and I got belief. Would you just help me with my unbelief so I can stand on my belief? Just because you struggle with mental health does not mean you don't got faith. It means that you're a real person. It means that you struggle like everybody else. Just because you have some issues with your self-image doesn't mean you don't also have faith. Because some of us have thought that, like, if I ever have a moment of, I don't know, well then, I mean, I guess I don't even believe in God and I'm probably not going to make it to heaven. No, here's a guy who was like, unbelief and belief and, and I I have both. Would you help me with my unbelief so I could stand on my belief and that can be the foundation of my life because that is what faith looks like. Here's what faith looks like. Oh, man, I have belief and unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. Help me. Help So look at your neighbor and say, help me. It's God, I have, God, I struggle with anxiety, but I also got faith. Help me with my anxiety so I can stand on my faith. It's God, I'm dealing with depression at a high level. I'm not just bummed out. I have depression, but I also got faith. So God, would you help me with my depression so I could stand on my faith? It's God, I am dealing with this eating disorder, and I don't know how to get rid of it. And I've got that, but I also got faith. God, would you help me with that so that I could stand on my faith? God, I'm still dealing with this addiction. And I got saved, and I said yes to Jesus, and I'm following him. But I can feel in my body those, man, those claws pulling, those chains pulling me back towards my addiction. But I don't want that, and I still got some faith too. So God, would you help me with that so I could stand on my faith? That's what faith is. It's saying, I'm a real person. I got this. I got that, God, would you help me? And what happens, man, what happens is that we become so over-religious that we think, oh, if you got to ask for help, then you, you must not have faith and you must not be saved. Can I tell you, that's the same sort of thinking that the Pharisees in the Bible had. And then Jesus came and said, oh, this guy, because what, what did he do for that guy? Did he not do the exact thing the guy asked for? He said, oh, don't you know, anything's possible for those who just believe. And he's like, oh, snap, well, I believe, but help me with my own, because I got that too. I got, I got doubt and I got faith. Would you help me with that? And Jesus goes, yep. And then he heals his son. What an incredible moment. Jesus doesn't come back to this guy and go, no, uh-uh. Let's th- come back. You leave? I don't know. Like, go read your, you, at that time they only had the Old Testament. Go read the Old Testament a bunch more. Come back to me when you ain't got no doubt and you got nothing but faith. Get back to me when you, that's, that's the level you're on. Then we'll talk, buddy. By the way, don't call someone buddy if they're not your buddy. <laughs> also, don't call them sport or chief. For the love of God, do not call my wife honey. If you are not at least 40 years older than her, she'll drop kick you in the face. She don't like it. Girls, is it condescending to be like, hey, honey? Is that like, okay. I thought maybe it was just a her thing, but it sounds like it's just a girl thing. Don't call another girl honey. It's like calling a dude bro, and he's not your bro. All right, bro. Don't you love that, though? Don't you love that we don't have to be perfect, that we just have to have a little bit of faith? Jesus didn't tell the guy, come back and let's talk when you got nothing but faith and no doubt. I just love that about Jesus. Now, think about, think about, the faith that this dude, the dad, think about the faith that this dude must have had the next time he prayed for something. 
because his son was struggling with this since he was what? A little boy, a long time. And then, boom, Jesus heals him. Think about the kind of faith that he must have had the next time he prayed. So what happened was that a little bit of faith brought a big breakthrough. And bet that that breakthrough brought him a little more faith. See, because faith isn't the absence of doubt, but it's what? Remember Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's read it again. Faith shows the reality. Everybody say reality. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence. Everybody say evidence. It's the evidence of the things we cannot see. Let me ask you a question. You might want to write this down. Is there evidence of the unseen God in your life? Can people see evidence that you believe in an unseen God? Let me say it like this. Is your faith and hope showing in the reality of your life? Is there evidence? Is there evidence of your faith in your life? Is there evidence in how you talk? Is there evidence in how you post on your social media? Is there evidence, I'm just going to look at the ceiling as I say this one. Is there evidence of your faith in how you dress? Is the way that you dress glorifying to God and a reflect? I'm just going to look at JJ because he needs to hear this one. JJ, is how you dress evidence? Because, man, make us the people stumble with the booty shorts that you wear around the office Monday through Thursday. And if you post one more bikini pic, JJ, I'm unfollowing you. Is there evidence? And look, we're not, we, you, if you know us, you know we are not overly religious people. I'm just saying, is, is there evidence? Is there evidence in how you love people? Do you live out a life of love where people look at you and be like, man, maybe, and maybe sometimes they can't even put their finger on it. They just go, my boy Eli, who's in the room right now, uh, he, do you still work at Cain's Eli? Come on, come on now. Uh, he works at Cain's. It was like six months, eight months he'd been working there. And then somebody, somebody randomly, all, everyone's talking. It's like a lunch break or something, if I remember correctly, the story you told me. And they're like, wait a second. Eli, I never heard you cuss before. And he goes, yeah, I don't, I don't cuss. I, don't, I, don't, I really just don't use profanity. And they're like, what? Why? And he's like, well, I mean, because I just don't. One, it's like, you know, like, I just want to honor God with my life. So, you know, and how I talk, it matters. Is there evidence? And people might not be able to be, oh, they're a person of faith. They might just go, there's something different about you. Is there evidence of your faith? Here's the thing. We all have a level of doubt. Can I tell you something that you probably never heard a pastor say? There are still times when even I... I'm laying in bed late at night. It's 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I still get those crazy random thoughts that's like, what if God's not real? And what if, like, what if I die and I, like, like nothing happens? That would be crazy, right? Can I tell you, can I tell you for a moment, like, we all still, it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you've been living for God. We all still have those random, crazy thoughts. Is there anybody else, the most random, craziest thoughts come to you in the shower? That, is that just me? Okay, TMI, let's move on. Uh, shower thoughts, they're, they're, they're T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S. Shower thoughts are something else. Um, and, 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 and I... I still have the man, your leaders in this room, we all still have those random crazy thoughts at three in the morning. What if God's not real? But here's the thing. The longer you've been walking with Jesus, the quieter that voice is and the less authority it has. And the more and more and more it fades and fades and fades. Before you know, it's like, what if? No, not what if, man. I have seen too much. 
God's answered too many prayers. He's brought too many breakthroughs. I've prayed about too many things that have happened and come true. I have prayed for people who had cancer and they ain't got cancer no more. I have prayed for people who have broken bones and those bones were mended. I have prayed for people who were on the fringe and the border of suicide and God brought them back from that dark place. I've prayed for things that I cannot explain. I have prayed for somebody in Africa who was blind and they began to receive their sight. And there's multiple people in this room that were with us and can confirm that. I've prayed for these things. It seems I have prayed for too many things that God has answered for me to entertain stupid thoughts like that. But we still got them. We all still got them. And can I tell you, that's okay. It doesn't mean you don't got faith. The question is this. The question is this. What do you stand on? Do you stand on your faith or do you stand on your doubt? Which is evident, your faith or your doubt, and which is the reality that you walk out? Let's move on to our next point. We got I don't know. Let's go into they don't know. You ever, you ever have someone try to say something about you and you're like, they don't know. They don't have the first bit of information about my life. They don't know. We talked about the dad under I don't know. Under they don't know, the, the group of people I want to talk about here is the crowd, the crowd that was present that day. Mark chapter 9, verse 26, it says, the boy appeared. Somebody say appeared. The boy appeared dead, and a murmur ran through the crowd, and the people said, he dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. My dad, uh, my stepdad that, that I grew up with, uh, he was a maintenance man most of our lives, and we lived in the apartments usually where he was working. And so he was in charge of, like, all the maintenance throughout there. And uh, one day um, a tenant went to my dad. He told me, he told me uh, this story, and he was like, hey, um, I just want to see if you guys could do a wellness check on this um, elderly lady in, the, in this apartment. I haven't seen her for a while. Could you just maybe uh, check on her? My dad said, yeah, no problem. We'll go check on her. So he goes to one of the guys who work under him, one of his porters, and it's like, hey, could you go and check on, on this lady? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. He goes, he checks on her. Yeah, it's been a couple hours, and my dad hadn't seen his, the porter, the guy that works under him. And he sees him a couple hours later, like, working on something else, and he's like, hey, man, um, uh, did you check on that, that old lady? Did you check on the elderly lady that the tenant was telling about us? And the guy had a really, really thick uh, Hispanic accent. He's like, oh, yeah, um, she did. And he's like, what did she do? And she's like, no, no, she did. He's like, she did what? He's like, no, she did. She had to come out of the apartment for weeks because she was dead. And my dad said, it was a long conversation. She did what? And he's like, he's like, he was saying it so casually that I was like, what are you talking What? And she's like, no, she did. <laughs> That's still an ongoing, I know, we, my family is sick and twisted. It's still an ongoing joke in our family. But the, the crowd said that, let's move on from the awkward, <laughs> the awkward story, Corey. Uh, the crowd said the same thing. Oh, he did. But what did it say? It said that he appeared. Can I tell you that people, you can, okay, let me say it like this. You cannot expect faithless people to see things through the lens of faith. So what are they going to do? They are going to interpret every situation at face value. They are going to interpret every single situation based on what they can see with the naked eye. And that's exactly what the crowd did. They looked and they said, oh, he appears dead, must be dead. That's what it is. Appears dead, must be dead. And that is the conclusion that they drew. That's the line that they drew. But those of us who are people of faith, we put on the lens of faith and we see things through the lens of faith, which means that the invisible becomes visible and the impossible becomes possible. Can I say this? Stop, uh, 
Stop taking, stop doing this. Taking a step of faith and then going. Stop taking steps of faith and then looking around for faithless people's approval because they're not going to approve of you taking steps of faith. In fact, in fact, they will probably do the exact opposite. You'll take a step of faith and they'll be like, that don't make sense. Can I tell you, like, this is not something we talk a lot about at the bridge. Thus far, all night, you have not heard us talk about money once. On a Sunday morning, you'll hear us talk about tithes and offerings for two minutes. Legit, when I do tithes and offerings on Sunday mornings, I have a countdown clock in the back of the room, and that clock says two minutes. And when I tell my friends who are not people of faith, 10% of all of my income, 10% of all of it, goes straight to the church right away at the beginning. Because this is me saying, God, I'm going to honor you with everything in my life, my money included. And all my friends are like, bro, so you don't make X amount of dollars, you actually make this amount. And I'm like, no, because here's the thing. I'm not giving God 10% of my money. I'm giving God 10% of his money. The 90% that I still have belongs to him too. He blessed it with, he blessed me with it. So to me, it makes sense. To them, they're like, that don't make no sense to me. Man, when you say, when you are at in and out with your friends and God puts it on your heart to pray for the random person sitting on the table that says table unavailable, but they're going to sit there anyways. And they sit down. God says, go pray for that person. And you tell your friend, I'll be right back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go pray for this person. They're going to be like, you're going to, what? Say, Why? That doesn't make any sense. You go, I know. It's just, it's a step of faith. Stop taking steps of faith and then looking around to get people's approval. Stop posting big steps of faith on your Instagram and expecting everyone to be like, that's so amazing. You're so awesome. Faithless people see things without the lens of faith. Stop expecting them to see things, through, see things through the lens of faith. You can't expect them to. Therefore, don't ever elevate people's opinions over God's promises. Because God has promised some stuff right here. And some of us, we have God's word right here and people's opinions up here. And we're afraid to walk out God's words because of people's opinions and what they might say. Don't elevate people's opinions over God's promises. Don't let people, when I talk about draw the line, don't let people come and draw your lines of life and say, hey, you see that? Stay within those boundaries and those perimeters. Don't let faithless people draw faithless lines around your life. Instead, you have to, in faith, draw lines that you might not even see. Can I tell you sometimes God's going to ask you to do some stuff that don't make no sense? I'm going to say that again because I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> Sometimes God is going to ask you to do some things that don't make no sense. That is, a, that is, no, that is completely 100% grammatically incorrect in every way. I grew up in East Riverside. Sue me, okay? <laughs> God is going to ask you to do some stuff that doesn't make sense. Sometimes God's, God will ask you to do things that make perfect sense. So much sense. So much sense you're like, there's no way this can't be God. But sometimes God's going to ask you to take a step before you see what's in front of you. You guys remember trust falls? Like God will ask you to just fall and trust. And you'd be like, God, but you're, um, what's that word? Oh yeah, invisible. <laughs> I can't see you, God. How can I trust? Zach talked about this, uh, this past Sunday morning. Pastor Zach preached a great message this past Sunday morning called uh, Ways and Paths. I mean, go watch that message. It's fantastic. He talked about the same thing. God, I don't feel like I can fall back and lean into you. I can't even see you. And God's like, I know it doesn't make sense. Do it anyways. Trust me. And then you know what'll happen? You'll fall back on God. He'll catch you. And then boom, that little bit of faith led to a breakthrough, which will then build your faith. Because that's what, that's how this works. You say, God, I have doubt and I have faith. Help me with my doubt so I can stand on my faith. And then this happens. 
Faith, go. You stand on this? Bink. 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 Now you've been following Jesus for 10 years. 15, 20, 30. And man, there's always that little level of doubt. But can I tell you, your faith should... Life doesn't get easier. Walking with Jesus, walking with, living for God doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. Your faith just builds and it grows. Oh, yeah, it grows. But sometimes there's growing pains as you're growing in your faith. As the band heads up and we begin to close down this message tonight, um, let me ask you a question around this they don't know idea. What do you stand on? God's word or people's word? Which is evident? Which one is the reality of what you walk out. And our final point tonight, talked about I don't know, talked about they don't know. Point number three, if you don't know, now you know. And I want to talk about the disciple. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't even go there. We all love Biggie, but don't even go there. We don't all love Biggie. This is a church. What are you talking about? We're more Tupac than Biggie because Tupac was kind of a believer, sort of. We're not sure, but maybe. <laughs> Chance the Rapper, let's go that. That's the safer route. Maybe not. Just stick with Lecrae, all right? Lecrae's the safest. <laughs> JJ, stick with Lecrae. We'll play Omturn for the hundred millionth time, all right? Um, the group I want to talk about here, we talked about the dad, we talked about the crowd. I want to talk about the disciples. And, and in verse number 28, you see Jesus after this whole thing. It starts out in verse number 28 with the word afterward. The whole thing is played out. Now Jesus is alone with his disciples. And he says, um, he says this. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out through prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Don't start playing yet, uh, Rachel. I'll tell you when because I may or may not sing a Little Mermaid song in a second. It actually is in my notes, and so we'll see. And if you're playing that while I sing Little Mermaid, it'll be awkward. Prayer and fasting. Apparently, the you guys think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, apparently, apparently the disciples didn't realize that some things, some some um, breakthroughs only happen through prayer and fasting. Apparently, they didn't realize. Well, if you don't know, now you know. Some things will only come if you pray and fast. Corey, what's fasting? This is not a message breaking down fasting. I don't have time to get into it. Fasting from a biblical standpoint is this. Don't eat, instead pray. All right? I know you're like, what? Where's the, how is that spiritually significant? I'm going to go back to point one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but God said it is. And so anytime we've had big decisions to make in our life, anytime we have a student um, here that needs really big breakthrough, uh, we pray and we fast. We might fast one meal. We might fast two meals. We might fast multiple days. One time I fasted 14 days. And on the end of that 14 day, I only had water and juices. And on the end of that 14 days, I went to BJ's Pizza and I got a large buffalo pizza and it felt like razor blades in my stomach after. Because if you don't know, now you know. You can't fast for 14 days and then eat buffalo pizza. It doesn't work like that, okay? Cue the Little Mermaid song. I'm just kidding. That's not how it works. <laughs> um, so there's some things you just have to pray and fast about. Write this down if you're taking notes. Prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. There are some people, man, they only turn to God when it's their last resort. And it shouldn't be the case. Now, here's how good God is. Even if you do that, he'll still accept you. He'll still receive you. But prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. But let me say this. In the midst of that, don't ever elevate your feelings over your faith. Don't ever elevate your feelings over your faith. There's so many people who are worshiping their feelings. And I blame Disney. Cue the Little Mermaid song. I want to be where the people are. 
I want to see, I want to see him dancing, walking around on those, what's that word again? Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, like the, glory to God, seriously, you guys. Next one. Tell me, princess, now when did you la let your heart decide? Freaking never, because that's not what the word of God says. It's really bad advice. How about this one? That's nothing to do with the message. And I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Slept on. Such a good movie. If you don't know that, you're a Disney fake fan. <laughs> but man, the whole world and culture and society has told us, man, worship your feelings. You are whatever you feel like you are. You can be whatever you feel like you can be. Yeah, that's awesome when we're five years old and what I want to be is an astronaut cowboy power ranger. But like my lower half's going to be a T-Rex, right? Like, no, I get it. Stop elevating your feelings over your faith. Because here's the thing. What, there's some people in this room, and I love you, and I'm so glad that you're here. You don't have to believe to belong here. But you are here, and you will say, well, God doesn't exist. I don't believe in God. I don't feel like God's real. Can I tell you, your feelings about God's existence doesn't determine or dictate his existence. Let me tell you this. Run a stop sign. And then when the cop pulls you over and says, you ran the stop sign, tell him, I don't feel like stop signs exist. You're still getting a ticket, okay? Give your mom attitude, and then when your mom says, don't give me attitude, try to look at her in the face and say, I don't feel like I gave you attitude. You're getting whooped, and so am I, and I'm 30. My mom still whooped me if I do that. Your feelings about something does not determine the reality of the situation. Cue the keys, Rachel. <laughs> you might feel like the situation isn't perfect, Rachel. You might feel like the situation is impossible. Your feelings about the situation are irrelevant. You might be sitting there thinking, the little bit of doubt I have in my heart that I'm going to make it to the other side of this thing, that bit of doubt is making me feel like it's not going to happen. Your feelings about the situation are absolutely irrelevant. Do not elevate your feelings over your faith. My God is faithful. He is true to his word. He has never broken a promise. He has never failed, and he's not going to start with you. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep going. Make it to the other side. And know this, you might have a little bit of doubt in your heart. Just say, I'm not going to stand on that. I'm going to stand on my faith in my God and my Savior, and God will come through in your life. Somebody say amen and give God praise in this place. God, you're so good. Stop giving your feelings so much credit. If you... This is, this, is a kind of, this is a kind of controversial statement, and I, I, really, um, I really considered maybe not saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, your feelings don't have the ability to limit God, but your faith does. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. Nothing can limit an all-powerful God. Okay, let's jump over to, it's the same. If you don't know, if you're maybe new to reading the Bible, um, it's incredible, first off. Um, there's four books that the New Testament begins with, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called the Gospels. And what they are, they are different people's perspectives and accounts of the life of Jesus. The first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're called the Synoptic Gospels because they're very similar. John is kind of the odd man out in how he approaches the life of Jesus. So we're going to go um, from the book of Mark, which was really actually probably Peter's account of the life of Jesus. He just was saying Mark was his like talk to text. Uh, Peter was, because Peter was probably, um, 
He was a fisherman. He was probably illiterate. Um, Peter probably couldn't read and write, but he was one of the closest people to Jesus. And so he said, hey, um, Mark, you're more educated than I am. Can I tell you what I saw? And you can be my talk to text and you can, uh, you can, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, JJ? Conscribe, subscribe. You can write down what it is that, thank you, Jake. There is a there's a more intellectual word there I was looking for. I'm more like Peter in this situation. Um, but let's jump over to Matthew. This is the same story, but Matthew's account. And I love what what this what happens with the gospels. You see, um, through the account that Peter gave, a fisherman, he focused on one part of the conversation. Matthew was a tax collector. He focused on a different part of the conversation after the whole thing plays out and the disciples are alone. Here's how Matthew recounts the conversation. Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. It says, afterward, so he starts actually this part as with the same exact word that the book of Mark started with. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? And this is how Jesus replied. This is the part where, where Matthew's account differs. He said, oh, you don't have enough faith. And I love this. Well, Jesus, how much faith do we need to have? And he says, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Did you catch that? How come we couldn't cast out the demons, Jesus? Oh, because you didn't have enough faith. Really? How much faith do we need to have? Oh, just a tiny bit. But you said we didn't have enough faith. Right. (laughs) Jesus, how come we couldn't cast out the demon? Because you didn't have enough faith. Really, Jesus, how much faith do we need to have? Just like as big as a little tiny mustard seed. Tiny little mustard seed, huh? Yeah. But you said we didn't have enough faith. It's like, right. Here's what's really interesting to me. Um, did you notice that Jesus didn't tell, that was his disciples. He said, you didn't have enough faith. He didn't say to the random new guy who showed up like, yo, I got faith and doubt, both of them. Would you heal my son? He didn't go, you don't have enough faith. What did he do? He granted his prayer and worked a miracle. But then he told his disciples, you didn't have enough faith. Dude, I can't tell you how long I sat there like my theological noodle was bacon. Like, what the? So the disciples who have been walking with Jesus for a couple years now, um, they've seen him do all these miracles. They've done all these miracles. These guys have done situations just like this. Oh, demon, get out in Jesus' name. And the demon's like, ah, and he runs away. And they're like, ha ha, sucker, like we're the best. Then they go to this one and like, get out, demon. And the demon's like, nah. You're like, what the heck? We've done this like this every single time. And now all of a sudden it's not working. What? How come? And the disciples are really close to Jesus. They love Jesus. They were best friends with Jesus. And then this new guy comes around. It's like, hey, Jesus, I need you to work a miracle. Uh, the demon your disciples have been trying to get out, would you, would, you, uh, would you get that demon out for me? He's like, sure. Uh, what you got? And he's like, uh, faith and doubt. He's like, cool. Yeah, demon's gone. Why did he not tell that guy who admitted he had doubt that he didn't have enough faith? I don't know about you, but I was like, back to point one. I don't know. But then I had this random thought. Have some of us been following God for so long that we have no doubt in our mind about our own theological, doctrinal thoughts about him? 
See, we are those people. We have no doubt. There's no doubt in our mind that this is how God works because that's how God's always worked. And we have these theologies built up about, well, this is how God works. And so this is how he's always going to work. And then what did Jesus say that to the disciples? You need to have faith as small as a mustard seed. What happens when you water a seed? So maybe the seed of faith that the disciples had was incapable of growth, while the seed that this guy had that was both faith and doubt, if just watered with a little bit of faith from Jesus, had the ability to grow. What are you saying? I'm saying to all the people who've been following God for a really, really long time, don't limit God. Don't put God in some box where you're like, oh, this is who God is, and that's how he's going to do it, and that's when he's going to do it, and he's always done it this way. We serve a God that's like, I've always, oh, you think I've always done it that way? For the sake of not doing it that way, I'm just going to do it this way. God is a God that's going to do whatever God wants to do because he's God and you're not and he is. So don't limit God. If you don't know that the impossible is possible, now you know. Well, how, Corey? Just pray and fast. That's what God's word says. Just a little bit of faith and a lot of prayer. Just a little bit of faith and a lot of prayer. Just a little bit of faith and a lot of prayer. And sometimes fast and a little bit of faith and a lot of prayer. So what do you stand on? Do you stand on your prayers or do you stand on what's possible? Do you stand on your prayers or religious people in the room? Do you stand on the patterns, on what's predictable? Those are the only two words I could think of that started with the letter P. Because the disciples were like, oh, it's predictable. We've done this every time. In Jesus' name, demon, get out. Wait, it's not working. Well, looks like God's not going to work. And then Jesus comes around and goes, no, 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 guys. It's the wrong kind of faith. Some situations are different. You're going to have to pray and pray and pray and pray and fast and intercede. And you don't need to have this massive, huge amount of faith. Just faith like a mustard seed that has room to grow. Faith, if you're taking notes, write this down the last thing we're closing this down. Faith is what waters the seed of hope and makes it grow. Faith is what waters the seed of hope and makes it grow. So I close tonight. Let me remind you, a little faith brings big breakthrough and breakthrough brings a little more faith. And the first step of faith you take on your faith journey is stepping into a relationship with God. Hebrews Hebrews 11, verse 1, this is our working definition of faith. Now, faith is the confidence. Everyone say confidence. It's the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance. Everyone say assurance about what we do not see. That's the new international version. I'm not this guy. Please don't think I'm this guy, but I'm about to be this guy. Um, I have a, I'm not the guy that's like this tattoo. It's got so much meaning. This tattoo right here, the meaning is uh, lighthouses are dope. And there's a little shark fin in the water, if you look real close. <laughs> I'm not a guy who's like, hey, this tattoo's got so much meaning. But I do have a lot of tattoos. Don't get tattoos. They hurt. They're expensive. Get a t-shirt instead. Okay. Um, please don't go tell your parents I told you to get tattoos. I'm telling you, do not get tattoos. They hurt and they're expensive. Um, but I have this tattoo on the back of my arm that I talked about not long ago. And it's an old sailboat with the word hope. Uh, and the story behind it is, I became kind of infatuated with this idea that hundreds of years ago that people would stand on the shore. And it's funny that my wife mentioned beaches. Um, 
in in transition and people would stand on the shore of one place and they look at the horizon they didn't have google maps they didn't have navigation they didn't have pictures of the other side of the world all they had was somebody's word i've been there if you sail over that horizon there's something over there and all they had was the hope in their heart that what that person said was true and with that hope in their heart they would set sail what is what is faith it's the confidence in what we hope for it's the assurance of what we don't see and i cannot see heaven right now but i have hope in my heart because of what jesus has said that one day i'll make it there i don't just have hope I, i'm confident i have assurance that what i don't see now i will see one day I have to ask you whether you're here in the room or watching online, do you have that same confidence? Do you have that same assurance that one day when your eyes close here that there will be opening on the other side of this horizon and open in a place called heaven? Look, this is a, this is a, this is a big room and, and in recent months, God has brought so many new people here and we love you and I love you way too much to not tell you about eternity. And some of you in this room, some of you, uh, man, week after week, you've heard this message and you have not, you have not responded to it. And you've kept going down the same path of life that you've been walking down. Let me ask you, how, how well is that going? How good is that doing you? Because I walked some of these same paths that some of you guys are walking. Trust me, I was, I was just like so many of you walking down that path. I wasn't walking down, I was skating down that path and I was just like you. I was smoking and I was drinking and I was hanging out with gang members twice my age and they were trying to tell me to steal cars and then I tried to steal a car but I couldn't get inside and even if I did, I wouldn't have known how to drive a car because I was 13 years old. I was the guy that all these dudes said, hey, when we go to the liquor store, the guy will never look at you. you you're 14 but you look like you're eight. You go to the back and fill your backpack with alcohol and steal everything. And I'm telling you, my life was going in a horrible direction. And then one time I'm at school at 15 years old and I go to this free, uh, this, this Bible, this Bible club, uh, this Bible study thing at lunch where there was free pizza. And when you tell a stoner there's free pizza, he's going. <laughs> and I went, my whole life changed. Can I tell you, I've been serving Jesus now one year longer than I wasn't because I got saved when I was 15. I'm now 31. Every year from now on, from now on is going to be one more year that I follow Jesus than when I did it. Let me tell you tonight, those of you who I just told a bit of my story and that's your story, please hear me. You want to live with the confidence that some of us in this room have with that assurance that the day that your eyes close on this planet, I pray to God that you live a long, healthy life, but we never know. Some of us in this room have lost friends way too young. Do you have that same confidence? Because through faith, you can have it. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to respond in faith right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? And if you're here and you want that confidence, you want to know that the day that you, maybe right now you're sitting here, I can't, I can't, I can't respond to this moment. I have doubt in my heart. This guy had some doubt too. That's okay. 
But what you're going to do is you're going to say, I have doubt and I have faith. I have belief. I have unbelief. Jesus, would you take my unbelief? Would you take my doubt? Would you help me with it so I can stand on my faith? And if that's you, and if you want to, in faith, respond to God tonight, you want to give him your life, you want the confidence and assurance that when your eyes close here, on the other side of the horizon of eternity, they'll be opening in heaven with Jesus. If that's you, and you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, I'm going to ask you to respond in a simple way. When I get to three, I'm going to count to three. I just want you to lift your hand. This is your moment. This is your time. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Man, so many hands going. You're, if you're watching online, you're responding the same way. Just lift a hand, put it right back down. Anybody else? Amazing. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray. We're going to pray because when you need the impossible to happen, you pray. So God is about to bring salvation and eternal security into your heart and into your life and into your soul. It's literally a miracle. But when we need a miracle, we pray. And because we're a family, we pray together. So would everybody repeat these simple words right after me? Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. Jesus, I believe. Help me with my unbelief as I follow you all the days of my life and into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I got, I got to hurry along. If you just prayed that prayer, um, would you do us a favor? Before you leave tonight, would you go to our Instagram and DM us the words next seven? We have a gift for you. We feel like it's our responsibility to help you walk the next week of your faith journey, these next steps. And so we've designed something called the next seven days. All you have to do is go to our, our Instagram at bridge, YTH underscore, and DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. That All you got to do, go to our Instagram at bridge YTH underscore DM us the words next seven and we will handle the rest. We just want to walk this journey out with you. One more time, can we celebrate people coming into God's family? Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? If you're one of the ones that want to worship down front, throw your mask on, come down front. We're about to have a special moment. So um, if you're someone who needs a miracle um, in their life, if you're someone who needs a miracle in your life, maybe you don't typically come down front and you'd like to right now, come down front. Um, those of you who are down um, front, just scoot forward a little bit to give room to people behind you. Uh, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And I love this father that took his son to Jesus. And he said, I have, I have unbelief and I have belief. I have doubt and I have faith. Would you help me with my unbelief? And tonight in this moment, um, I was really, really praying and thinking about this moment right now because what we're gonna do is we are gonna pray for miracles. We're gonna pray for breakthrough. And in this moment, can I tell you, we don't need a big, giant room full of massive faith. We just need this little bit of faith, mustard seed sized faith, where God can just, is this screwed on all the way? God can just water that faith. 
a little bit and you'll see breakthrough come through. And I know this, in a room this size, there are some people who need some breakthrough. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you tonight that I believe there is a special there's a special spirit here tonight, the Holy Spirit, who's going to come and bring some breakthrough. And I believe that what God wants to bring breakthrough in tonight is some stuff that you, you think is impossible. Yeah. Things that you think is impossible. Things that maybe you've been dealing with for a long, long time. Things that are in your family. Things that are in your own body. Things that would take a miracle. Mental health has been on my heart and mind for this moment for a really long time. Self-image stuff has been on my mind for this moment for a really long time. Depression has been on my mind. And I believe this. I believe God is about to bring breakthrough over those things right now. So here's what we're going to do. Because I want this room full of, because imagine this. Imagine if all of us with our little faith, we just start adding our little bits of faith together and together and together. What could God do with 300 mustard-sized seeds of faith? He said, just one, just one, and miracles can happen. The impossible will become possible. What could God do with a room full of mustard, si mustard seed-sized faith? Yeah. So I don't want to put anybody on the spot, and no, none of us are going to know what it is. But with every head up and every eye open, if you have a need, whether it's in your life, physical, mental, emotional, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a family member who needs to get saved. If that's you, and you have a need that you would like me to pray over right now, right now, would you throw your hand in the air? I'm the first one putting my hand up because I got a need. Now, if you have a friend and someone who's comfortable, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. If someone tries to come lay a hand on your shoulder, you don't want nobody touching you or coming within six feet of you, just look at them and go, and that is okay. They can pray for you from a distance. But if you have a friend and someone you love and you know and you want to put a hand on their shoulder, would you do that? We're going to pray together. Man, I'm not praying alone right now. All of our leaders are praying. You're praying for each other. We're combining our faith in this moment as we pray. God, in Jesus' name, we are just declaring. We have belief and we have unbelief. In this moment, help us with our unbelief that we can believe and see miracles. God, I pray for the young lady who has gotten eating disorder and she's not been able to break free from it. I pray freedom right now in Jesus' name. I pray miraculously change her perspective about herself when she looks in the mirror tonight. I pray for the young, the young man who's been struggling to sleep every single night because of the anxiety and the weight and the pressure he has on him mentally. I pray for peace over his mind and that he would sleep tonight. I pray for the young lady who was physically or sexually abused. I pray that tonight, God, that she would begin to heal miraculously emotional healing over her life right now in Jesus name I pray for the young person who has a, a, a skin disorder the young person who's been dealing with a skin disorder and God for them it's embarrassing and they hate it and they might look at that and say man compared to these other things it's not a big deal God doesn't see me God sees you young person and I pray healing over your body in Jesus name I pray for the young person who's got uh, uh, physical things that they've been going to physical therapy for for a long time and it's been limiting you from doing the things you love healing in Jesus name I pray for every single young person whose parents are not following you Jesus I pray breakthrough right now I pray while we're here you're with their parents at home right now softening their hearts and you're gonna bring salvation to their home in Jesus name I pray for the young person who's been dealing with depression I pray for joy right now unexplainable joy in Jesus name I pray for the young person who's been dealing with anxiety and they've been having panic attacks I pray in Jesus name peace 
peace over their heart, peace over their mind, peace over their life. I pray in Jesus' name that the panic attacks will cease. I pray in Jesus' name that they would have deliverance. Pray for the young person who's been dealing with addiction and they can't seem to shake it. God, give them the strength that's not in them. God, would you plant strength in their heart? God, as they have both the struggle and faith, help them with the struggle and help them walk into faith. God, I pray for the young person who has family members in the hospital right now. God, I don't know them. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what uh, their name. I don't know uh, why they're in the hospital, but you see them. You see where they're at. You know what hospital they're in. You know the physician that's watching over them. God, I pray in Jesus' name that healing would come over their lives right now. And God, we just declare that as we pray, we stand on Matthew 21, 22. Whatever we ask in prayer, if we have faith, we'll receive it. And we believe that we're receiving it right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, come on, would you give God praise? Because he's already bringing you the victory right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now here's what you have to do. There's going to be a lot of people as you walk into your victory, as you walk into your victory, there's going to be a lot of people that goes, you're not healed. I was going to get him for you. I was going to, but I missed. There's going to be a lot of people who would be like, oh, you know, your parents will never get saved. Your par- to, the, to the young person whose parents are considering divorce right now, in Jesus' name, God is going to reunite them. In Jesus' name. To those of you who you don't know how, your parents don't know how they're going to pay the bills and COVID has, has wrecked your family financially and you don't, know, you don't know what's coming next. I lived a lot of years of my life like that. I can't tell you how stressful it is. Provision is on its way. God's not broke and he can provide for you. You don't even know how, but he'll do it. You don't know where the money's gonna come from. God does. He's gonna provide for you. There's gonna be a lot of people who's gonna point at that situation and just like, huh, It appeared that the boy was dead. So what did the crowd say? He dead. There's going to be people who point at your situation. And when you say, I prayed over it, so I just got faith and hope that God's going to fulfill his promise and he's going to come through because my God doesn't fail. And they're going to be like, no, your situation's dead. You'll be like, you can say what you want. I'm not going to expect the faithless to understand my walk of faith. One more prayer tonight. I want to pray for all of us who are just like, and I think this is all of us, who are just like this man. God, I have got belief and unbelief. Would you help me with my unbelief so that I can stand on faith? Do me a favor. Would you lift your hands all over this place? God's here. God, we believe. Would you help us with our unbelief? Even in these few moments of worship, God, would you build and strengthen our faith? God, even as the prayers that we just prayed begin to get answered, God, that little faith will bring breakthrough, and that breakthrough is going to build our faith even more. God, but I pray that a supernatural faith would begin to arise in our hearts tonight. God, even right now, there's a different level of confidence in every young person in here. There's people who right after this service, the... The stuff they came with that they're going to smoke later tonight, it's going in the trash before they walk away. Because they've been struggling, but you're building their faith right now in this moment. Those who have been dealing with depression, they're going to stop walking around going, I'm depressed. They're going to say, I struggle with this, but I have faith. God, build our faith right now in this moment.
So what we do is we turn our faith eyes, our faith lens to you, Jesus, the provider of the faith. And we worship you. Come on, just worship him right there where you're at. Just begin to worship him. God, you're so good. Would you build our faith? God, I've got faith. i got doubt. Would you help me with my doubt so I can stand on my faith? God, i got faith and doubt. i got belief and unbelief. God, help me with my unbelief my faith can be built. Come on, let's worship him all over this place. Worship him. He's so good. 